0: From the Pavilion, on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and
1: welcome to From the Pavilion, the local cricket show where we ran up all of the action from around the county in Cambridgeshire. On today's show it's a bit of a county cricket special as Callum Guest and I are joined by Essex and former Cambridge MCCU batsman Rishi Patel. We'll be chatting to Rishi about his time during lockdown and in the biosecure environments that he's been in, his hopes for the truncated season and he'll also be taking on Callum in the next round of Beat the Guest after Callum's victory over down last week. But before all that we'll round up the cricket scene in Cambridgeshire as representatives from our four local sides who play in the East Anglian Premier League Cambridge Cricket Club, Saffron Walden, lexing and Sauson and Abraham will be talking to us this hour too. We'll also be rounding up all the results from the top divisions of the Campton Nuts Premier League, there weren't many, called uh, Whiting's Division 1 and Whiting's Division 2, North, East and West. Uh, we won't go through the whole hour without mentioning England's terrific win over the West Indies as well and we'll look at the matches ahead against Ireland. If you want to contribute to the show you can do, the best place to find us is on social media at FTP Cricket 105 on both Twitter and Facebook. So, thanks very much for tuning in. My name is Ollie Slack. As ever, alongside me is Callum Guest. Thanks for coming on, Callum. No problem. How are you? you good.
2: Yeah, not too bad, mate. All good.
1: Good. I imagine you were pretty happy Saturday evening. It's weird. I saw a tweet from Dan that he was going in bed before ten o'clock on a Saturday night after the sauce and Abraham win. What was going on?
2: Yeah, the the bar was closed, but I can't say the same. I probably wasn't in bed. <laughs> Ten. Uh, <laughs> it was a. Uh, it put a bit of a damp squid the uh, the weather, uh, should we say? So, and obviously the bar at the club wasn't open due to the bar manager being away. So, I'm sure it's. Hopefully, we can get another result this weekend, and then we can uh, do a double, a double celebration.
1: Well, Yeah, the weather's meant to be a lot nicer this weekend. So hopefully. Um, the pavilion bars are open and seven drinks for you all. Uh, before we go on to AAPL and talk about your victory over and Walden and all the other chemistry sides as well, uh, let's touch on Whiting's. So there wasn't much cricket. Uh, Marchtown versus St Ives was abandoned. March were 112 all out before cancellation, so you could say St Ives and Warboys potentially on the way to win that. But of course, you never know what the wicket was like. Wisbeach Town versus and also abandoned. Foxham got 184 for seven or 34 overs. Whizbeach was six for naught after three before going off there for rain. Um, now, the two other fixtures were cancelled, but due to slightly different reasons, due to COVID-related incidents. That's the matches between Cambridge Twos and Histon and Cambridge St Giles and Eaton Socon. Uh, That's because a St Giles player allegedly had felt symptoms, However, he's been tested and it has come back negative, which is great news. So, passing on our regards to that St. Giles player. We found that out for digging around on tweets on social media. I suspect, well, I, you'd hope the the, uh, the and Nuns Prem or the Whiting's League would, would come out and, and say something about it in the next few days at least. Uh, before we actually come on to our cricket, let's just run through the housekeeping. We've got a message from the CCA, the Cam's Cricket Association, um, and they're saying that there is a real need for clubs now to follow... All of the ECB COVID guidelines, they've had clubs not collecting contact details as required, and this invalidates insurance and, of course, puts people's health at risk too. Uh, They've also had two reports of possible positive tests, which, of course, brings us very close to home. So it really is key for clubs to continue following those ECB COVID guidelines, despite the fact that restrictions are being or have been relaxed now for for a while from the government, it is important that if you want to continue playing cricket, those guidelines are followed. Can I guess situations like that, the one at, obviously with the St Giles player and the CCA releasing a message like that, just, as I said, brings it pretty close to home, makes it put back into reality. Exactly
2: that. It just, it, it really does highlight that we still are in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and that's, that's the be all and end all, really. People still need to take the appropriate, you know, you have their appropriate responsibilities, both club-wise and on a personal level. Um, yeah, credit where credit's due. It's fantastic to see, obviously, the the Tucker League or the Whiting's League really do a bit quite sharpish. I think, I'm not sure when the report come out, but I'm pretty sure it was only Thursday or Friday night. So they quickly got the, you know, the clubs that were going to be in, in need to get them off the park and obviously take the necessary precautions. Um, but I hope we can get a full round of fixtures this Saturday.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. This week's fixtures, Foxton versus Histon, Eaton Soken versus Cambridge Twos, Marchtown versus St. Giles, and Town versus St. Ives and Warboys. Of course, one game in, it's difficult to work out who are favourites, who are in form. But you'd imagine Histon getting a victory in their first week. I think Wisbech beating Soken as well. So Eaton Soken will really want to, to, to get a victory after losing their opening game. But again it's tricky to really judge at this early stage who will be who will be favorites
2: no it really is uh it really is a yo-yo league it's almost like the championship in the football it's uh anyone can beat anyone on their day and it you know it really is that obviously St Ives have obviously lost that first week and uh well we're almost you'd say on course to get a result over march which is always a tricky place to go so it's going to be a yo-yo season so it'll be interesting for, for half the season
1: yeah, Fox and Histon, I think, is the probably the standout game this week. Of course, Eton Soke Cambridge Twos is another tasty one. But Fox on top of the league uh, after their win in the opening week and the two points from the abandonment uh, last week means they sit top on six. Division two again, loads of abandonments because of the weather. The only fixture to go ahead was Castle and Ellsworth, uh, who beat Whizpeach Town Twos. Whizpeach Town were one hundred and eighty-two all out of thirty-six point three and being set a revised target. Castle and Ellsworth got 77 for 2 off 15, which was enough to see them over the line. So a victory for them there. EAPL, Callum. In the north group, there were wins for Swarton, Cambridge and Horsford. In the south group, for Bury St Edmunds, Sudbury and yourself, Sawson and Babram. how good did it feel to be back playing cricket?
2: No, it was brilliant. It really was a, it was a lovely, lovely start to the morning. The weather was quite decent, but obviously the, the rain clouds were <laughs> on the horizon, should we say, so... It was just good to get uh, back out playing competitive cricket, really, and yeah, the result was
1: good as well. And raining like it was, how tough is that to keep coming on and off and on and off? Trickier for the batsmen or the bowlers? We uh,
2: we were actually quite lucky of ours. It was almost that was the first rain shower we had all day, and it actually just wiped out the whole game. It was it just went on and on and on. <laughs> I think there was a few games around the counties that obviously. Had a few rain showers on and off again. Um, but yeah, like I said, our one well, was literally just after the 15-over mark in the second innings. So after about 50 overs of play throughout the day, the, the rain clouds f- fully came in, shall we say.
1: Let's talk about this week's fixtures then. It's really opened up for Cambridge, obviously, after their win over Horsford in the opening week. Could Swarston, who won a playing Great Witchingham, who won in the North group, which means that uh, one of the teams who won in the opening week is going to potentially drop points there. Cambridge play Milden also a chance to, 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 to go at the top of the, the north group there. Walden, do you feel it's gonna tricky for them now? Of course, lost against yourselves, which, if we're being honest, obviously Walden played in the East, East Anglia Premier League last year and, and I think beat you guys in a friendly, but you obviously won on the weekend. A bit of a shock. Walden now face a, an away day to the champions in Frinton.
2: Yeah, it's it's a difficult start. Um the leagues is the, the competitions, both of them, the way they've been split are so tight. Um you can almost pencil in without sounding too negative to either, you know, either clubs, um you can almost pencil in the top two in both both divisions. And then from then onwards it is all you, all all to play for. So if you can pick up a result from the the two teams that you pencil in above, you know, to finish in the top two that's just an added bonus. And obviously, Sudbury and Frinton, probably in the South group, you'd actually, if we're being realistic in the situation, you'd you'd say, they're probably going to finish in the top two. And then it's probably between the rest of the lot to finish, who can finish third and fourth. And we go from there and in the same in the North group. So, if you can pick up a result against one of them two, you know, it's always playful in, in our terms. But yeah, like you said, Saffron Warden probably facing a slight uphill battle against Frinton this week.
1: Um, but you never know. Yourselves obviously got that win over Walden on the weekend. Now, this is what the APL is all about. A nice one-hour trip to Dock on Saturday. 11am start as well. So what time are be getting out of bed?
2: Who knows? Um, <laughs> it, could be a, it could be a dusty wake-up on Saturday morning. Mm. But, you know, if we arrange a meet time, probably around the captain's house beforehand, maybe a little bit of breakfast. I'm sure he'll have a fry-up. fry-up Sounds lovely. Tuba. Let's hope so anyway. Um, he doesn't know that yet, so make <laughs> sure this goes out just before. And yeah, we go we go from there. So all the lads live this kind of way as well, new markets. So it shouldn't be too bad. And docks a lovely place to play as well. I've heard so, looking
1: forward to it. I so say win the toss bat and have a bit of a kit, but you're probably in three or four, aren't you?
2: Mm, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that luxury, unfortunately. <laughs> Got a few more long haul trips as well, longer haul trips, shall we say, later on in the season. So it's good to get used to it.
1: Yeah, well, I imagine all of that is put to the back of the mind when you realise that cricket is back. Pink ball colour kits look great on the weekend in the East Anglia Premier League. Let's round up the rest of the action then. And here for my local side, starting with Cambridge. They recorded an impressive opening day win over Horsford, despite a little help from the weather gods. They were set 293 for victory, but rain meant a revised target of 280 off 47 was set. Dougie Rice and Nick Taylor laid the foundations with 132-run partnership, but they found themselves needing 54 runs to win off the final 42 balls when the game was stopped. Yes, due to the weather again. Johnny Atkinson spoke to me earlier on today about the impressive opening pair, and this thoughts ahead of this weekend to tie with Milton.
3: A really good victory against a quite a strong Norfolk side with some good players in. We bowled okay, not anywhere near as well as we could have done. I think we're still a bit rusty. We dropped a couple of catches, a few catches actually, so still a bit rusty there with our fielding. But I think just the strength of our batting lineup, we were really confident of chasing any score down. Really, the start that Dougie and Nick got off to was was brilliant. They they batted positively, put every bad ball away, solid in defence, and got another hundred to run um, opening partnership. But it did get to the stage where where when it started to rain a little bit harder, we were quite pleased because it, the game was in limbo and, and maybe if we'd have lost one or two more wickets, they'd have definitely been favourites. So the rain certainly came at the right time for us. We've played against Mildenhall loads over the years um, in the Premier League. They're always very competitive, quite a strong side. A couple of players have left from last season and a couple have joined, so not sure what how much of an impact they'll have. They haven't gone overseas which I heavily rely on have done over the years. They've often they've often spent quite a lot of money on overseas who who scored a lot of runs for them or taken a lot of wickets. So bonus for us. So yeah, it'll be a good game. I, I think we're we're short sure on bowling. We're missing a few bowlers. So yeah, a lot of pressure on the four frontline bowlers to deliver the goods and then a couple of part timers. But we're we're very strong in in the batting department. So again, we'd back ourselves if we bowled and fielded well to chase down or defend a, a decent total.
1: Now Bowen Lexington couldn't get off to a win on the weekend. They lost to Swarston. Swarston managed to post 370 in their first innings and then Burwell were about 97 for 3 when the rain hit and they had to go off. They ended up losing via their duck with Lewis Mefford. Jay Galani spoke to me earlier on this afternoon and he said there were still plenty of positives to take from the performance.
0: Swordston are you know, a pretty serious team, one of the best in the country. Um, not surprising that they they put on a good total, but I think there are a lot of positives we could take away from the match. I think we actually bowled pretty well. I know the scorecard says 370, but uh, Exeney was a good pitch, flat deck. Um, obviously, they've got some of the best batsmen in club cricket in the country, so I think there are a lot of positives to take away. Two young spinners, Tom Newman, Nick Huckle, keep it pretty tight and, and, and bowled pretty well in the middle overs, Sam as well. Bowling with good pace this year and and taking wickets. So I think a lot of positives to take out of it going into next week. I think we know exactly what we have to do as a side in order to win games. I think we know that you know player for player, we might not be one of the strongest teams in the league. But if we keep our basics right, um, Sam rips our captains, talked a lot about squeezing in the middle overs and just trying to keep teams down to the lowest possible runs in their 50 overs. Um, obviously, we've got this one format all year, so we're just focusing on, on our strengths and what we can do um, rather than focusing on uh, on what other sides are going to bring. I think we've got you know a half-decent record against Horsford. I think a couple of years ago, we might beat them twice. I wouldn't quote me on that, but I think generally we've we've done all right against them. Horsford, generally it turns there as well. We'll have three or four spinners in the squad, so hopefully we can use that to our advantage. I think, um, I think it should be a pretty close game. We're looking forward to it.
1: Well, Saffron Walden also suffered a defeat on the weekend. This was at the hands of Sauston and Baberham, as we've already discussed with Callum. Saffron Walden managed 145 before they were bowled out and won. when When Sauston came into bat, they were 58 for two before they had to scoot off for rain. Sawston then got the win on Duckworth Lewis. This week, it's a trip to the champions, Frinton-on-Sea for Saffron Walden, and skipper Ben Harris is relishing the challenge
4: frustrating day all round. Definitely an element that the you know, the weather was frustrating, but we weren't good enough with the bat. You know, we built a little partnership from being two down, I think fifteen for two to to nearly fifty odd for two. And just in the last over of the power play, we lost lost a crucial wicket and, you know, we kind of never really recovered from that. They were fifty eight for two and you know, as a drop catch leading up to the over, we came off for rain and, you know, anything can happen. And but if we'd battered all our overs, they wouldn't have had time to so we even get out there with the bat, so we've only got off ourselves to blame, really. Looking forward to playing Frinton on Saturday. Uh, nice place to play. Be looking forward to the challenge. You've got the prospects of playing people like Adam who He played last weekend, and, you know, it's always good to challenge yourselves against those sort of people. So I think you're going to have to win nearly seven or eight of your games to go through to to the final kind of against the North group. So the fact that we've lost one already doesn't put us in a good position straight up, but printing the same i think they lost to Sudbury, so you know they would be looking to um to bounce back as well so it should be a good game
1: that was safran warden skipper ben harris talking to me there as well as all the other eapl players from our local sides this weekend chem's Cricket club traveled to mildenhall bell and lexing make the trip to horsford sourcing and abraham are on the road to Coptock and Old Ipswichen. And to complete the away quadruple, Saffron Walden travel to Frinton-on-Sea. Also a reminder that the CCA league, senior and junior, all those reduced competitions that were sorted out weeks ago brilliantly by the CCA start this weekend, the 1st of August. Up next, after the break, we'll be joined by Essex batsman Rishi Patel to preview the 2020 county cricket
0: season. Cambridge 105 Radio From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio
1: so welcome back to From the Pavilion and County Cricket returns on the 1st of August which we're delighted about. The Bob Willis Trophy which is a shortened version of the County Championship effectively. Three groups of six, North, Central and South groups with each team playing five games across four weekends in August and one in September before the final at Laws, which is hopefully due to take place around September, October time. Then we've got the T20 Blast which is returning too. The competition will take the form of Three regional groups again. Uh, council will play 10 matches this time, so I assume that's each county twice. Prior to then the quarterfinals and then the finals there, Edgebaston, which again later on in the season. These fixtures haven't been announced yet for The Blast. They're expected to be released early to mid-August um, and The Blast will actually begin in late August on the, the 27th. Joining Callum and I to chat about it is Essex batsman and former Cambridge MCC U-man Rishi Patel. Rishi, thanks very much for coming on the show, mate. Real pleasure to chat to you.
5: No problem. Pleasure to be here. How are you? Well? Yeah, not too bad. Keeping, keeping busy now. We're out of lockdown and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's been a, a strange time for cricket fans, but I imagine even weirder for a cricketer in it. What has the whole last few few months been like for you?
5: Yeah, it's been a challenging one. I think I've been stuck at, stuck at home, and you know, we came back from Abu Dhabi, and we're thinking, right, we might only have six, seven weeks off, and then we'll be back and playing and at least training. But you know, it's taken a lot longer than I think most of us could have imagined. Laying off for like three months, and then having a month to just come back into training, and you realise how hard it all is. to Get that going and you know getting your eye back in so there's lots of different scenarios and different things that um the physios and the strength and conditioning coaches and everyone has to take into consideration before we can actually play a game of cricket
1: it's weird isn't it because i said as fans we've been desperate for cricket to come back desperate for county cricket to come back but this is your job it's <laughs> it's it's weird to think that you've just been sitting around and, and not being able to go in go into work but Pretty soon, in a, in a few days' time, hopefully. we Well, you've been back at it in training, but back at it in matches too.
5: Yeah, it'll be really nice to actually play a few games and get back into long days in the dirt and, you know, trying to get back to, and actually play good, a good level of cricket because we've just started sort of playing club cricket the last couple of weeks. But that's all changed. That's all reduced um, to 45 overs, I think, our league's at. So then... Trying trying to transform that into spending 80 or 90 overs in the day in the field will be quite a tough challenge for I think most people.
2: Having spoken to you in Australia and stuff, and previously obviously with the uni stuff, obviously you were almost trying to focus on that longer formats. You know, then longer format slots. So just yeah. how how have you been uh, over the lockdown period? Really trying to adjust yourself to obviously trying to break into that longer format Essex side.
5: Yeah, it's, um, it's a tough team to get into, isn't it? I mean, when, you, when a county wins a championship and they've got a great side, it's hard to break in as a youngster. Now, sort of getting older, and now you really want to play as many games as possible. I mean, Red Bull cricket's obviously the one thing I really do enjoy, probably more so than T20 and 50 over cricket. It's one of those which challenges me and challenges every player to the absolute limit because any weaknesses get found out straight away by bowlers, So it's then sort of adjusting and trying to keep getting better year after year and, you know, fixing any flaws that that there may be in your game. And I worked quite hard in changing my technique while I was out in Oz and that seemed to be working pretty well while I I was there. So hopefully now I can come back and continue to do the same things and we'll be all right. But, you know, it's going to be tough. The pitches hopefully will be better. I mean, we're coming into August and hopefully we'll get a few more flat flat roads rather than the green nippers that we get in April, May sort of time. So hopefully we'll we'll be all right as batsmen.
1: Yeah, you'll probably be wishing you uh, you started in, in July all the time after a few games. I was going to say, that's yeah. about praying for a flat
5: season. <laughs> <evening. laughs> yeah, definitely. But especially the first couple of games, you want to get a few runs and a few runs next to your name and feel good. So you don't want to be nicking off the doors when you do.
1: And talk to us a bit more, Rishi, about what you've actually been doing over the last sort of three months whilst you were furloughed and, and in lockdown. And I know you're doing a, a bit a lot of community work with Essex in and around the local area as well. How's that sort of gone?
5: Yeah, that was, that, I really enjoyed sort of that stuff. You know, I mean, it got us out, got me out of the house for one, and then to see the the amazing work that those guys do day in, day out, um, and helping you know, people who are really unfortunate or they're literally working to the bone for the NHS, and especially during those sort of times, and we're sort of st- sitting on our arses, not really doing too much. I mean, it's not it, well, like the least we could do. I mean, and as a county, I think Essex sort of really led the way in terms of helping and being the first ones out there to get involved in, community projects. And I think that's really good from the club side itself. Lockdown itself has been challenging. I mean, we weren't even allowed to really hit balls and nets and do like any sort of cricket training at all. So there's a bit of running and that's pretty much it. And Mm -hmm. that's
1: all we could do. And frustrating that you were probably one, I think, the last to go back as well, because the international summer was sorted relatively quickly, then recreational cricket a bit later, but county cricket was put back till the, the 1st of August.
5: Yeah, it, it was put back and there's obviously a lot of um, science behind that in terms of getting bowlers ready. Um, so we don't have too many injuries coming back at the same time, you know, recreational cricket. It's not as intense on the body. I think the time frame that we're looking at, we're playing five championship games in four weeks, which is going to be incredibly tough. And, everyone and the whole squad will be challenged to try and keep up the pace and the intensity of that. And then you go straight into the t 20 season where you're not going to get much break and the intensity is even more. Although it's for a shorter period, it's <laughs> a lot higher in the intensity of the games.
2: I suppose as a young player looking to obviously make a breakthrough into the side, that kind of real short burst of games gives you a, well, gives the county a massive chance to rotate players. So Do you see that as a big opportunity to really stake your claim?
5: Yeah, I think any games um I play now will I have to sort of perform and if I don't then there'll be another person at the door waiting and putting their name in the hat. So any opportunities I do get I've got to make sure I'm taken really. Otherwise don't know when the next opportunity is. And with that with the current uh, situation with COVID, we don't know the finances or what's gonna happen. So, you know, I'm looking at my last year of my contract and I'm thinking right if I get one or two chances and that's all that might be all I get. Does that have more pressure Rishi? Yeah of course it does I mean uh, but it's our job at the end of the day isn't it so there are plenty of other jobs which don't have that sort of pressure Um, but it's something I enjoy doing and it's something I challenge myself to sort of overcome those sort of pressures and you know try and perform at the best level I think when you're in the game you don't think about those things you sort of just take each ball as it comes and that's what I've got to continue to do if I play. If I don't play, I've got to work
1: harder to get into that team. We'll come on to the T20 Blast in just a bit before we get cracking with the, the quiz, which you're due to take part in. Uh, the Bob Willis Trophy first up for Essex is Kent. Now, of course, at the moment there's going to be no crowds. Essex, I know Essex, are obviously a very well supported county, probably out of, out of out of all the counties, they probably bring more people than most. But is it something that you feel you you really will notice the lack of crowd there?
5: I think Chelmsford's crowd have always been very interesting and they've been amazing for it. Essex. And to not have that will have an effect, I think. Um, but for youngsters coming through, it's sort of normal in a sense because we don't get too many people coming in for second-level cricket or club cricket as much. Um, for the other guys, I think it will be strange and it will take some adjustment. But I think the team that we have will cope pretty well with... Um, any sort of influences or no influences from crowds, really. It'll be interesting.
1: And of course, the clubs had a chance to vote against the Red Bull competition, didn't they? But they chose not to. There was obviously a lot of debate around, was is it really plausible because you've got the travel and hotels? And you know, when you've got the potential to do two white ball competitions, that might be easier. But I guess it shows that they still hold the, the county championship or Red Bull cricket at county level in such high regard.
5: Yeah, I think there has to be Red Bull cricket. Well, I say that, but, you know, to produce test players, I mean, we've just seen a great series with the West Indies and England. And if you then take away Red Bull cricket from that situation, I don't think there's going to be any benefits to that team. And, you know, you get players then coming through like Dan Lawrence for us, who's been amazing for the last three, four, four years. He's now sort of getting opportunities at England lines and performed well out in Australia. And now he's sort of in and around England. So red Bull cricket is just all part of that. And I think it's the best tradition of cricket. And it's one I think every team sort of enjoys if they're doing well, but sort of when you're not doing well, it's a tricky one in terms of mindset and it plays on your mind a lot more.
2: I think Rishi's touched on a really, you know, the last couple of points he's made is touched on a, really important aspect as well of the decision making which is if you don't play a red ball format there are lads in the county circuit that literally just play red ball and rely heavily on their contracts to be down to that and there are lads that obviously are contracted the white balls which people would say slightly more lucrative potentially so there has to be an aspect to that as well there's obviously young professionals looking to make a breakthrough in the game and it's probably slightly easier at the moment to break into a Red Bull side than it is a lot of the White ball teams. probably come down to the decision-making as well from the ECB and making sure that the counties really do give the youngsters, these, these youngsters that could potentially be great cricketers in a, few, you know, in a couple of years, give them an opportunity also to express themselves.
5: Yeah, and I think that without having overseas players coming in this year as well, there's a lot more opportunities floating around and especially in the Red Bull stuff, Anyone can make a name for themselves. They have a good year this year, play three, four, five games, whatever it is, score a couple of hundreds, and that's a name in for the next year in Red Bull cricket. You know? So there are better opportunities in, in, in counties, I think, in this sort of shortened season.
1: And lastly, Rishi, before we come on to the quiz, when we've had local sort of players on here, of course their season's been shortened as well. We've asked them, how will you be treating the season? Will you be rotating, playing youngsters, or will you be taking it as competitively as ever? I think Callum touched on it before as well. It's a similar question to the counties as well, really. I think we've seen some of the friendlies, a a few number of youngsters being involved. Do you think that'll continue throughout the, the whole Bob Willis trophy? Or do you think when there's a trophy to win, they'll put out their strongest 11?
5: Well, I can only speak for Essex, but we're going to try and win both trophies. I mean, we won both trophies last year and we're going to still go out and try and win both trophies this year. I think changes will occur due to over, overworking and maybe some injuries, unfortunately. However, from what I know, is um, we're going to put our best team out and see try and win both trophies.
1: Well, all the best when the Bob Willis Trophy gets started in just a, a few days' time. Like we'll, I said, we'll come on to the blast in just a bit, but now time to have a, a bit of fun with yourself and uh, and Callum. Now, this year's quiz is called Beat the Guest, as we said last week. A bit like Beat the Chasers. Callum has opted to uh, name himself after the Beast. You can you can pick whichever chase you want as well, Rishi. One nil up, <laughs> up. one
2: nil up as well, Rishi. By the way, one quiz, one
1: nil up. <laughs> okay. So no pressure. Rishi. It, uh, this week. Uh, it's a slightly different format. and uh, People may notice if they're keen watchers of daytime TV, which I probably have been during lockdown with not much to do. We are certainly not ripping off a number of daytime TV quiz shows, uh, he says as he, as he nods his head. Um, anyway, this week, the format, you've got five questions each, a bit like a penalty shootout. However, there is multiple choice answers, three answers that you could possibly give. One of them, however, cannot possibly be right. It doesn't even make sense. For example, if you had to choose... Who scored the highest runs in the most recent test match between England and West Indies? Of course, the right answer would be, say, Oli Pope. The wrong answer would be Dom Sibley. And, of course, the answer that can't be right would be Joe Denley because he didn't play in the last test. If you give the correct answer, you get one point. If you give the answer that cannot possibly be right, we'll call it a no ball, then you lose a point. So, So, Rishi, as you're the guest, you have the choice between question set A or B. Which would you like? B, please. B. Callum, you're having questions at A. Rishi, I'll start with you then. Mohamed Nabi struck 43 of 12 balls to help Kent over the line in a 7 over match, the T20 Blast last season, against which South Group side? Was it A, North Hunts, B, Middlesex, or C, Surrey?
5: Oh, God. Um, I will go for Surrey.
1: You've gone for Surrey? That is correct. One point to Rishi the first answer pressure on Callum
4: can guess
3: that
1: the yeah. the noble was of course North Ants they are a north group side so they don't feature in their south group Callum question one for you which England batsman scored an unbeaten 83 not out to help Middlesex chase a record target in the T20 blast against Somerset last year was it A Owen Morgan B Paul Sterling or C david Malan? I think that was
2: Dawid Malham yeah
1: that's incorrect, I'm afraid, Callum. It was Owen Morgan. Was I would Morgan. say that's a great
5: shot. He had a great season last
1: year. He did. He got 100 at the Oval, but he didn't score 83-9 out against someone So that was Owen Morgan. Paul Sterling is the noble there. Of course, he's an Irish international, non-English international. Rishi, a chance to go 2-0 up here. Which T20 England international won the Royal London One Day Cup MVP last season? Was it A, Liam Dawson? B, Craig Overton or C, Saqib Mahmood?
5: I'm going to go Liam Dawson.
1: That's incorrect, I'm afraid. It was Saqib Mahmood. You have managed to avoid the noble, though. That was Craig Overton. Hasn't made uh, an appearance in the T20 side for England yet. So, still 1-0 Callum, a chance to draw level. Which Leicestershire bowler took world record figures of 7 for 18 against Birmingham in the T20 Blast last season? Colin Ackerman. Oh, he did not even need the multiple choice. It was Colin Ackerman, oh, correct.
2: That's pure mind games as well, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Harry Swindles uh, was A, B, Colin Ackerman, C, Callum Parkinson. Harry Swindles was the no ball.
2: I appreciate it even more. As a non-spinning offer, you got a lot caught. court It's fantastic field setting as well
1: i <laughs> no, just showing off now. Harry Swindles is a Leicestershire batsman, not a bowler. That's why he's the noble there. So the score is one or after two questions, each that is. Question three for you, Rishi. Which Division One bowler took more wickets in the County Championship last season? Was it a Mornay Morkel, b Harry Podmore, or c Richard Gleeson? Oh God. Okay.
5: I am going to go with mornay Morkel because I don't think
2: we Podmore played that many. But I could be the noble because Lancashire would give two. Did two, yeah. Podmore probably wins it because Kent love a green top.
1: Callum's right. Fifty-two wickets for Harry Podmore, forty-four for mornay Morkel, and Richard Gleason's the noble. So unfortunately, Rishi, that's another incorrect answer.
2: Do I get a bonus point for that?
1: No, you just get a telling off for showing off again. <laughs>
2: <That's all>
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Which Hampshire batsman, Callum, who featured in the top 10 run getters of the county championship in the 2010s decade has scored the most? Sam Northeast, James Vince or James Adams? Oh, I'm going to go Sam Northeast. That is correct. It is correct. Another good answer. You lead 2-1 now after three questions. The noble was James Vince. He didn't feature in the top 10 run getters the County Championship in the 2010s. Rishi, seems like you need this one. Yeah. Which Nottinghamshire player hit more sixes in the T20 Blast in 2019? Was it Ricky Vessels, Dan Christian or Tom Moores?
5: going to have to go Dan Christian,
1: aren't I? I think. It was Tom Moores, I'm afraid.
5: What
1: was it? You have managed to avoid the noble Ricky Vessels, now it's plays funny, for-
5: Yeah, I would have backed Dan Christians.
1: Yeah, I was surprised at that as well. But uh, Tom Moore was the man who hit the most sixes in the T20 Blast for knots out of those three last season. Ricky Vessels has said, plays for Worcestershire now. Callum, I think, if you get this, uh, assuming no slip-ups, of course, you might have clinched your second win in two weeks. Which of these Taunton Centurions had the highest strike rate in the 2019 T20 Blast? Was it A, Tom Abel, B, Babrazam, or C, Tom Banton? Oh,
2: this is probably a trick one, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'm going to go Tom Banton because I don't think either the other two scored centuries, and I know Banton did.
1: You have managed to avoid the no ball, but it's an incorrect answer. Tom Abel was the correct answer. Had the highest strike rate in the T20 Blast last season. Babrazam scored a century, but not at Taunton. He scored his century at the Aegis Bowl, hence he's the noble there. Managed to avoid it though. So going into the last set of questions, Callum leads 2-1. Rishi, you need this to draw level. Which former county championship winners finished bottom of Division 2 last season? Was it Leicestershire, Durham or Gloucestershire?
5: Which one? Um,
1: I'm going to go Durham. Correct. It's incorrect, I'm afraid. It was Leicestershire. He finished bottom of Division 2 last season.
2: That is I can't even remember Leicestershire winning it.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> they did way back when. It was Gloucestershire who were the side that haven't won it. Yeah. But so, Rishi, you need Callum to slip up here in order for it to go to a tie-break. Or a draw, in fact, because I realise I haven't got a tie-break question. <laughs> <laughs> Which quarter finalist, Callum, in the twenty nineteen Royal London One Day Cup recorded the highest innings total score? Was it A Somerset, B Hampshire or C Lancashire? Tough
2: question. This is twenty nineteen, you say last season. Yeah. I believe
1: Lancashire. The middles against Middlesex. You gone for Lancashire? Don't tell me it's a noble. Oh. Somerset was the correct answer.
5: Yeah, no, I thought some I
1: was gonna to go to that Scored over three hundred against Worcestershire, Tom Banton scored a century. Hampshire was the no ball because they didn't weren't in the quarterfinals, they went straight through to the final after winning the South Group, so you have managed to avoid it. So you claim your second win in two weeks. A two one narrow. So was... still was... over the line against Rishi. <laughs> That was tough. Well, I'll, take, I'll take
2: the win. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if there was a football analogy, it was like a Sam Allardyce backs against the
2: of uh, the Tony Pulis, Rory Delap, long. Yeah, forever.
1: exactly. You are the Stoke City of the from the bowling courses, <laughs> Rishi, hard luck. No problem. Well played, Callum. <laughs> Good knowledge that. <laughs> Right, after this short break, we'll be talking to Rishi more about the 2020 season, the impending 2020 season. We'll also have a preview from County Cricket Magazine editor Annie Chave.
6: Cambridge
1: 105 Radio From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio Yep, you're listening to From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Up next, it's time to continue our preview of the county cricket season. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by County Cricket Matters magazine editor, Annie Chave. Annie, thanks very much for coming on the show.
6: You're welcome. Always a pleasure.
1: How are you? You good?
6: Very good, thank you.
1: Looking Looking forward forward to the
6: county championship.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, how much are you looking forward to it?
6: Yeah, I mean, of course, it's not the same not being able to go. Uh, that's gonna it's gonna be a bittersweet thing, really. I think, but um, fantastic um, that they can play something, and yeah, I'm excited. Look at these uh, wonderful live streams that we have, and uh, <laughs> how we can keep up.
1: Exactly that. Right, Andy, Let's preview the the Bob Willis Trophy. Then, what we're going to do? There's three groups: North, Central, and South. Let's have a quick fire preview of both of them. We'll give you a minute to chat about each. I'll start the clock. Let's start with the north group then Durham Derbyshire Lancashire Leicestershire Nottinghamshire and Yorkshire. What do
6: you reckon with that group? Okay, I think my my money would be on Yorkshire and, and or not going through. I, I'd, I'd keep an eye out for Leicestershire because they they haven't you know they, they haven't really lost a lot of players through uh, England and overseas players necessarily. So I think they possibly in with a shout, Yorkshire will be still have uh, been strong, but they've lost president of course, but gained Milan. He could be potentially a really great signing for them. so I, I'm going to be really fascinated to see how that goes. Not they've still got Samit, and they've they've stolen Trigo. He's a, a fantastic addition <laughs> to any side. So I uh, I think those three I would be looking at
1: just quickly. Lasted mm. on the North Group, Ten seconds. Mm. Lancashire, Yorkshire. Great to see a, a Roses clash.
6: Fantastic, isn't it? I mean that's so exciting. All, all those I, I love the uh, the idea of uh, Lancashire and Yorkshire together. Fantastic. <laughs>
1: Let's move on to the central group then, just in time. Gloucestershire, Glamorgan, Northamptonshire, Somerset, Warwickshire and Worcestershire. I think I know who your money's on here.
6: (laughs) Yeah, it's quite obvious, isn't it? Somerset, (laughs) that well-known central country uh, county. Uh, It is with uh, Somerset. They've got a a strong youth contingency. They've still got able. Um, who's a fantastic captain? He's been brilliant, and he's he's looking really uh, what I've seen of him so far. He's looking really good. Still got Hildreth. They've lost, of course, their spinners to the England setup, mm. so that could be that could be a disadvantage definitely. But I think they're really in with a shout. It would be ironic, wouldn't it, if they win this and they never win the <laughs> championship? They could. Um, Warwickshire. Should... Paul Favreau is the coach now, haven't they? So yeah. um, I think they'll be much more white ball cricket orientated. But then there's um, Worcestershire. They haven't got Alley and they won't have Brown. I think Worcester uh, are still a strong team. I think Glamorgan, however, with no Labashane, I think he went, it was a lot to do with how, how well they did last season. Sure. Um,
1: We're just running out of time on the the central group. We'll we'll move on to the south group, and Essex, Hampshire, Kent, Middlesex, Surrey and Sussex. The groups have, have quite nicely managed to balance themselves quite well with strength and some of the Division 1 and Division 2 sides. But how do you see that south group going?
6: You can't move away from the strength of Essex, really, can you? And Hampshire... As well, I think both of them. If they've still, I mean, they've still got the cold pack players. They've still got um, Abbott and um, Harmer. Both really, really strengthening both of those sides. Without the overseas players, I think uh, the uh, uh, South African uh, cold packs will be a, a real addition to those sides. But Kent Darren Stevens, still alive in the old dog. <laughs> Trouble with Surrey. I mean, so many of their players are uh, England bound, aren't they? Yeah. That um, they haven't got Burns and Roy. They haven't got. I don't know. Is folks around? I, I think that's
1: again debatable, isn't it? They won't have Pope.
6: And then the Currens and Pope. I mean, they. But luckily, they do have a really good youth set-up. So again, mm. and, and then there's Sussex. Uh, uh, who's the star there? Ollie Robinson. Lots of wickets, hasn't he? And uh, yeah. oh, they've got. Uh, they've lost Topley. But they've
1: got Ravi Bapara. It's a great signing, that isn't it? So I think we've pretty much covered the one. I think we've done a grand job. <laughs> Might have just slightly gone <laughs> over the time, but who cares anyway. Oh
6: sorry. That's all right. I'm, I'm just too excited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly excusable. I'm just looking at the betting odds as well. The two favourites for the Bob Willis trophy, Essex and Somerset both six to one, and then Yorkshire eight to one, Lancashire nine to one. So they're backing their side. So you battled it out last year on that famous day in September last year as editor of the County Cricket Matters magazine. Annie, when's the next issue out? What's all the details for when the, the next issue will be out?
6: The next issue will be out in September. I'm already getting ugh, more articles than I know what to do with sent in. <laughs> so um, there's a very interesting interview I did with David Gower. So um, that will be a big pulling point, hopefully. And uh, so consequently doing a bit of a feature on Leicestershire and big them up a bit. We very
1: much look forward to that. Annie, a pleasure chatting to you as always. Very much looking forward to County Cricket back. I know you are too. And hopefully it'll be good to speak to you later on in the season. And we can talk about County Cricket properly.
6: Yeah, fantastic. Cheers, Annie. (laughs) All right, cheers.
1: County Cricket Matters magazine editor Annie Chave there. Now let's continue the chat about the 2020 season. And before we come on to England and their win over the West Indies and their squad that they announced for the upcoming three-match ODI series against Ireland at the Aegis Bowl, Rishi, let's move on to the the blast. Of course, we're hoping it returns in just about a a month or so time, 27th of August, it actually starts, so almost exactly a month. And I imagine with the blast, there's probably some hope we might be allowed crowds as well. I think think 2,500 people are being trialled at some... Bob Willis trophy matches, so fingers crossed it all goes well, and we might be seeing a few faces in crowds of the blast.
5: Yeah, I think there was a successful trial down at Surrey, wasn't there, with Middlesex uh, this week. So I think that it's a good sign that they're trialling it and they're seeing um, what they can do. Just depends on the grounds, like for example, Champs was quite a small ground, and then you've got the Oval, which is a huge ground. So I think precautions, um, obviously, on my entr- entrances and stuff, was only two entrances at Chelmsford as opposed to lots of entrances at the Oval. So it's a way up in that between safety. And everyone wants crowds to come back into live sports, but as long as it can be done safely, I think everyone's going to be all for that.
1: I was watching the, the Gloucestershire Somerset because uh, they in playing a friendly yesterday and, and the commentators were saying that at the minute, obviously, Surrey, when it gets to 2,500, I mean, it will be a 10% capacity. But they're hoping when they can eventually get the green light for Graspbaker Stadiums, it'll be about one in four. And of course, I'm not sure what that means for Chelmsford. Callum, do you see it it, it happening? How important do you see it being also to, to making the, the blast a good spectacle to, for fans on TV as well?
2: When's the blast or the T20 competition? When's that due to start? 27th, hopefully. 27th to the end of August you've still got a month to go and obviously as we've said previously the the whole disease is everything's happened so quickly in the last month or so in itself That it's very hard to judge where we're going to be in a month's time but with the way it's going hopefully it can stay off for a bit longer and then obviously it's a real impact on finances obviously if they can get people through the gate so I think they'll be looking to push you on as much as possible as Richie said obviously safety needs to come first.
1: Yeah, the, the, the finances is a big factor as well, isn't it? Obviously, I mean, clubs have been working around the clock to try and set up suitable streams for fans to enjoy. Obviously, Essex is, has been superb over the last years anyway, but that's what what fans will, will be hoping for. And then if they can get in stadiums late August for the Blast, that would be even better. Rishi, as a player, your experience of the Blast around Essex, how much does that crowd give you a boost? It must be an, an, an amazing feeling.
5: Yeah, it's massive on a Friday night. I think everyone comes in after work. They're a bit, bit drunk, had a few too many. And to be honest, it doesn't matter what team you're on. If you make a mistake, you'll know about it down at Chelmsford <laughs> because everyone's so tight on you. Um, they're literally next to you and they're a metre away. Um,
1: Does that make it better, though?
5: Yeah, I think uh, it's one of those things where you either buck under the pressure or you just live in that moment and you really get excited and it really drives you to perform better. Chelmsford's a... Uh, Amazing place summer, to come down on a T20 night. So to get people back in there would be, be great. It's something to look forward to, definitely.
1: Lastly, Rishi, on the, on the county stuff, of course you mentioned obviously your, your contract situation at the end of the, the, the campaign. I think 134 players are out of contract in, in total at the end of this summer. What does the future hold for you? What are your hopes for, for this season and then beyond?
5: Um, yeah, it's an interesting time to be to be in professional sports. I mean, again, it all comes down to monetary situations, whether we can get fans and whether the club can recoup money lost and where all that money goes into. So it's a hard one. I think we're all sort of in limbo a little bit. We don't know what's happening. So the only way to really guarantee anything is performing when being called upon. And If you do that, if you do it at the right times, then if not with Essex, then... I'm sure other counties will be looking around and hopefully we'll see what happens. But, you know, hopefully Essex see the value and, you know, we can do something special for the next couple of years.
1: Well, I wish you all the best for this season, Rishi, with both Essex as well. Mainly yourself, though, not too well with Essex because obviously I'd like Somerset to do really, really well. Um, But of course, I hope that you have an excellent season. Um, Let's talk about England. Callum, first with you, another, I say, comprehensive win. For Joe Root's side, 269 runs, the winning margin this time. First inning runs, crucial once again. Are we starting to see a a young England side develop pretty rapidly?
2: Absolutely. Um, Obviously, it was the middle order's turn this test match. It was middle slash lower order, which is fantastic to see. Obviously, in the previous test match, it was very much the top order dominate. I suppose it was fantastic to see Butler finally get into some nick. I think everyone really does wish, wish him really well because he's such a fantastic asset to decide you know, when he can potentially come off. It's just that inconsistency at the moment that obviously is frustrating. But at the end of the day, it's test match cricket as well. There is a, you know, Joffrey Arch has obviously recently come out and said, I'm not a robot. And that is, you know, fans do also need to understand that as well. Obviously, you know, these players are going into every test match wanting to do as well as they can to the country, but as well as that for themselves. And yeah, they are they are human
1: at the end of the day. And one of the things pundits also say, uh, Rishi is that potentially the standard of county championship or county cricket isn't good enough to, to produce test match players. They've said that a, a fair bit over recent years, but Ollie Pope, Zach Crawley, Dom Sibley, Rory Burns, Dom Besser proving them proving them wrong at the moment. Yeah,
5: I think that I think county cricket's always been strong and you know, it's the chances that um they get and whether the selectors keep sticking with them because I don't know too many good Test players who've sort of nailed it on the first 10 or so games. You know, it takes a bit of time to get used to Test cricket and any form of cricket. You know, I played my first couple of Champo games and it's still quite fresh and you're still adjusting and it's a next level up and it's a different step and you've got to adjust.
1: Well, the England side, they have a a bit of a break. They can breach the bubble and go back home um, for a a couple of days over the weekend. And then they face Pakistan, I believe, which starts next week. They've named an ODI squad as well for the three-match series against Ireland, which starts tomorrow on Thursday. The squad is as followed. Owen Morgan, of course, skipping the side. Moen Ali, vice-captain. And Johnny Bairstow, Tom Banton, Sam Billings, Tom Curran, Liam Dawson, Joe Denley, Saki Mahmood, Adil Rashid, Jason Roy, Reese Topley, James Vince and David Willey. Richard Gleeson, Lewis Gregory and Liam Livingston are the three reserves who all performed in the warm-up matches in the intra-squad games. No place for Phil Salt, who got a century in the the Lions match against Ireland a couple of days ago. Or Sam Hayne, who has a few grumbles on social media, a bit about him as well. Uh, Callum, your thoughts on the squad?
2: It's a strong, it's a strong almost second team, isn't it? Really, <laughs> you add in some of them test match players that can slot straight in. I think if you were Phil Salt or Sam Hayne, you'd be uh, you'd be a little bit gutted. Obviously, Salt got a hundred or fifty-eight balls against the same team that they're going almost coming up against. <laughs> I think as an opposition, if someone had scored a hundred or fifty-eight balls against me and I didn't see his name on the team sheet, <laughs> in the following game, you'd feel a little bit relieved. Sam Hayne, you've spoken about in the past, and obviously his, his record speaks for itself. I think, is, is it right that only Coley averages more in list day 50 over cricket than him?
1: I think Sam, well, before the before the last few matches, I don't know Sam Hayne had averaged, averaged more than him when Coley was second to him. Be a ridiculous
2: stat, but it also shows how strong English cricket is in the white ball format. Like I was saying earlier, you know, about the county championship for Rishi. Someone on his last year as a contract, he's obviously looking to break into that Red Bull side. That's why it's so important.
1: Rishi, from your point of view, which uh, I guess county pals are you pleased for who are, are in that side, or or from the circuit itself, are there any players who who have missed out who you'd like to see given a chance in the near future?
5: Well, from Essex, I think Dan Lawrence can fit into that side pretty pretty nicely. I think. I think he could fit into both both of those sides into that test team and the one day team. But I'm I am a bit surprised that Phil Salt's not in that team. I think his white ball cricket over the last couple of years has been really, really good. And he's sort of the perfect player that England sort of won that attacking brand, that fearless sort of cricketer. But yeah, I think Phil Salt can really feel like he's been hard done by a little bit there.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty decent knock, didn't he, getting that hundred against Ireland. In the, in the Lions match unfortunately misses out though Rishi great pleasure to have you on thanks very much for, for coming on and chatting to us as I said again wish you all the best for the, the upcoming season and uh, hopefully we won't be long before we can get, get you back on as well I'm going to actually talk about some cricket
5: no problem thanks for having me guys it's been a pleasure to be here cheers Rishi cheers
1: mate So that's all we have time for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back the same time, same place next week with another from the Pavilion. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast straight after we're done here at 7 o'clock on our social media pages at FTP Cricket 105 Up next on Cambridge 105 Radio is Tim Willett with the new music generator. So make sure you stay listening. Until next week, bye-bye. Cambridge 105
6: Radio